Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Reflections on Black Mirror, the sub-series of Casting Views that takes an episode of Black Mirror and casts reflections on it. That's the intro, Dan. I think that, that's, that's the intro. I think we're, we're now into what, towards the end of Series 3 and I think you've cracked it. I think that's no, it. We're halfway through Series 4, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, that's we're, we're it. I've just got to remember it. I've just got to remember yeah. it. I think that's. It. I think you need. I think you nearly stuttered in the middle when I was listening. I, I thought did. he's got it. He's got it. He's got it. Oh no, he slipped a little bit. <laughs> Do you know why? Because I thought this is the introduction. That's what I was thinking during it. Anyway, how are you doing, Dan? You all right? Yes, I am very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm very good. Getting straight into it because I'm quite keen to know what you thought of this episode. It's series four, episode three, called Crocodile as with the rest of Series 4, debuted on Netflix on the 29th of December 2017, written by Charlie Brooker. Now, what I I found interesting and what I quite liked about this is I'm only really going to name three characters, and I quite like the fact that the main characters were quite minimal in terms of number. I don't know how you felt, but we've got Andrea Risborough as Mia, Andrew Gower as Rob, and Kieran Sonia Sawa as Shazia. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of others. And actually, there is a character, I think I said to you on WhatsApp, didn't I, after I saw it, that there's someone who comes from uh, my hometown in there, which I found quite quite interesting. You know, the detective without any spoilers right at the end. Yeah, yeah. She is. She's uh, she's from the hometown. So. Oh, good work. Yeah. So I think this episode gets a 10. So what, let's, yeah, let's get straight into it. You're you're taking the summary on this one. So I normally have some notes and stuff, but I want to actually talk about it and then, yeah, get your thoughts. So, yeah, over to you. Okay, cool. So, yeah, as you uh, mentioned, it's based around characters called Mia and Rob who appear to kind of meet in a nightclub because it starts off in a nightclub scene, which actually I wrote down, but it's actually completely irrelevant to the rest of the story. So I'm not sure why I wrote it down. But they Yeah, did, I, I've got it written down as well. <laughs> It's only when I've just looked back at my notes, I was like, that nightclub had absolutely nothing to do with any of the story. But anyway, <laughs> it shows that they but met. Set in like, scene. You've, yeah, you've set set scene. scene. They they're obviously a young young two young people who are met at a nightclub. And then it cuts almost instantly to them being in a car driving through some snowy mountains, singing along, happy. And then there's an almighty thump as the car hits something um, and stops him in their tracks. They get out of the car. I think it's clear at this point, isn't it, that he is under the influence as well of something, whether that be in alcohol or, or some sort of drugs. Yeah. But he, he, I think he recognises that he sh- he's not fit to be to be driving at, at that stage through the snowy mountains. And I must say, if I was driving through snowy mountains, I'd be completely teetotal. <laughs> There's no way I'd, I'd risk that. Yeah, you see, because the interesting thing was I didn't, and it doesn't give you the impression, I think, initially, but I didn't think it was straight after the nightclub scene, but it clearly is Yeah, because of yeah what transpired. And and I just want to say, while we talk about it, I think it's set in Iceland, isn't it? But I thought it's lovely scenery. It's yeah, the first cool. time I think I've said it's beautiful scenery in an episode yeah. of Black Mirror, but it was, yeah. Yeah, beautiful scenery. Anyway, they, they, they get out of the car just to see what they've hit, and it turns out to be a cyclist who is clearly dead upon impact. Um, he's, he's not still alive, but there's no saving him, and they kind of go through the panic of, of what to do. They are in the middle of absolutely nowhere. 
I think Mia decides that she's go- she's going to try and ring someone. He stops her and kind of talks her into actually let's just hide this body. And then there's this scene where they kind of drag the body away, um, wrap it up <coughs> in a sleeping bag full of rocks, and chuck it in the in the lake with the bike. And just to interrupt because that's when he says. I've got all the alcohol in me. I'm going to go to prison. And that's where it hits you because that, that all hit me because I thought it wasn't necessarily straight after. But yeah, he clearly just doesn't want to do it because he shouldn't be driving. It's, it's quite interesting, this bit, actually, because even if he wasn't drunk, I, I do think, you know, I think everyone everyone would say that if they were involved in like a hit like that, they would like to think that they would do the right thing and um, ring and, and get help and support and tell someone what happened or whatever. Yeah. But I, I do think there's a, a subconscious that the, the body just goes into survival mode, doesn't or the mind goes into survival mode. And it is is quite interesting, actually, what you would do in, in that situation. There's something I was going to throw at you at the end, but yeah. I was going to throw it at you, and then I felt a bit harsh throwing it at you. So I got to. Well, as you brought it up already, I guess the thing for me is, and we can pick it up later, is... They are in literally, when you watch it, it's in the middle of nowhere. No one's seen it. So they they would get away with it. So yeah. it's a case of what do you do? Yeah. I think everyone would like to say that they would do the right thing. But I think there's a vast majority of people that wouldn't go in survival mode and then spend the rest of their lives regretting it. That, that decision, like you said, you obviously don't know until you're in that yeah. situation what you would do. Yeah. Just in case anyone's listening, I've never done that. That's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's go on. Then it kind of uh, cuts into the future, um, and Mia is now a lot more older. It shows her practicing a speech in front of a mirror, so she's obviously preparing for some sort of presentation. Um, she's now leading the family life. She's got a husband who's not Rob, um, and that took me a while to figure out if that wasn't Rob, but uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't Rob. Um, and she's she's now got a child. She's obviously some some sort of professional, and she's preparing for a conference that she then drives off to. She says goodbye to her family and, and drives off into the city where she is staying at a hotel. It then cuts to Shazia, who is an insurance claims specialist, I think, or some sort of advisor, or kind of following up on accidents to kind of validate people's claims. Like um, an investigator, isn't she? Insure, but for purely for insurance company she turns up at some lady's house and i thought this was quite funny because you can see that as the lady um goes to get to the door she kind of puts a neck brace around their neck and then she grabs a crutch that was leading up against the hallway and then answers the door and you, you you don't find out what happens in that investigation but i thought that was quite funny but she's clearly faking it and that sets the scene for why people like her exist right yeah Exactly. It then showed a clip of a pizza delivery truck, which was an automated pizza delivery truck, which is obviously an order thing, and someone comes out and collects a pizza. But it's, it seems like it's driverless. It's, it's done by robots, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> I thought the pizza I, did. I made truck... a note of it. I made a note of it and said, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah like you said, it's like um, there's multiple drawers on the side, and you go up to it, yeah, and it pops out the ready-made pizza, doesn't it? In... Yeah. Yeah, it's, perfect. It's, it's pretty awesome. And it, it plays a prominent part in, in the story, but we'll we kind of carry on. We then go back to Mia in the hotel room and Rob shows up, uh, Rob from her past. And it's 
think it's clear that they haven't seen each other for a few years. I think they mentioned the word two years. Um, no, I think it's actually 15 years later. So whether they haven't seen each other for that long, but it is 15 yeah, I, years from... I've, I thought they'd mentioned they hadn't seen each other in a couple of years. Right, um, okay. But okay. I guess that bit's irrelevant. But they reunite in the, in the hotel room. It's clear that he was an alcoholic at some point, but he is now clean and, and cleaning up his act. So he's gone through a bit of a process and he is still struggling to process the accident and what they did. And it's kind of triggered by finding an article in the paper from his wife, um, not his wife, not Rob's wife, uh, the guy that they killed. His wife has written an article about the incident and has a picture of him on it and he's sure it is. And he's riddled with guilt um, and he kind of wants to come clean. Because she also said she never remarried. She's yeah. still waiting for him to come home almost. And I do think there is, and we could probably talk about that for hours, but I do think there's an element of not being able to get closure um, in, in, that, in, that, in that scenario. Mia then panics because she now realises that actually if they were to come clean about what happened, her family life would become, well, it'd be destroyed. She would obviously go to jail because she's now an accessory to murder. Um, whereas at the time, if they just reported it, it wouldn't have been the case. So it's almost like a bit of a role reversal now. He's trying to convince her that they should come clean and she's trying to convince yeah. him. But now we've got to carry on keeping it quiet. We promise, we promise, we promise. They get into a bit of a scuffle. She ends up knocking him onto the floor and he cracks his head. Um, and that, and then she applies pressure and then that ultimately kills him. So she has now effectively murdered someone, murdered Rob uh, in, in the hotel room. And at that point, she looks outside the window and she sees a couple of things, doesn't she? She sees this automatic pizza van, which has knocked someone over um, and has crashed into a person. And then she sees someone in a room or office um, opposite. So she quickly kind of shuts her curtains and goes back in. It now cuts back to Shazia um, in her family home. And at this point, I'm beginning to think to myself, I have no idea how these two stories are going to link up um, and, and how it's going to come together. And I, I don't think it's clear to me at this point. But it cuts back to Shazia, who is um, at home with her husband, stroke boyfriend, and he has bought her a guinea pig as, as a pet. And there's a bit of a happy scene between them. You know what? I hadn't even made a note of that, but I realised why that is, is vital yeah. to say that now. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that line is not a throwaway line. We should remember that. Yeah, bit. yeah. <laughs> stay, stay with us. Stay with yeah, us. Yeah. Stay with us. There's a guinea pig in, in the insurance uh, in Shazia's house. Cuts back to, to Mia back in the hotel room, and she begins to come up with a plan to hide the body. She orders room service, uh, puts Rob's body under the room service tray, room service tray, room service trolley, and then takes him away, bundles him in the car. And then she kind of like tries to dispose of body. But the bit I thought was interesting in, in that episode, oh, one other thing she did, so she, she ordered a pornographic film from the hotel telly, I guess to kind of try and provide herself a bit of an alibi as to what she was doing at that time. Yeah, um, yeah which I thought was brilliant watching porn. <laughs> it's a weird choice of alibi. She could have yeah, just ordered yeah. a normal film. but it's, She could have uh, yeah. yeah, Mission Impossible or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, but maybe it has to make the hotel receptions take notice and maybe like prick their eyes up or something. But uh, yeah, she orders a pornographic movie. So she's about to hide the body and she takes a call from her husband. And this is a bit I thought was quite interesting because she has like a fairly normal phone call with her husband and then yes. then her child. While there's a dead body sitting in the back of a car, 
And I thought that was almost like a little bit sadistic. And you kind yeah, of get at that yeah. point, actually, she's now quite a cold, cold person that she can switch between those two realities um, so freely. Yeah, yeah. She then dumps a body and goes back to the hotel. The next morning, she checks out the hotel. She drives off. But as she's driving off, she actually drives past Shazia, who is now, I guess, investigating the accident that's caused by the pizza delivery truck. Anything to add at that point? I realize I've done a lot of speaking at that point. I just want to come back to something you said that I'd made a note of. I think it is brilliant, the flipping attitude between her and Rob. So, so as you said she wanted to call the police when they did that murder and anyway we'll go on through it after but i love the fact that then he's come back and he's so torn up by guilt but she's now the one saying no we can't we can't and i thought that was really well done how yeah. they flip or reverse the roles yeah yeah no really good and it's also interesting as well because she obviously ends up killing rob but it's one of those things is was that an accident and then she was kind of relieved it happened or whether it was something that in that moment she wanted it to happen? Because he did kind of fall back and crack his head, didn't he? I think they made it look ambiguous, but no, she she hugs him and she she holds on to him for a long time. So I think she knew exactly what she was doing. I think she maybe just wanted the fool to kill him, but you could then argue it's an accident, but then her applying the pressure on his throat, then basically... Yeah. She can't get away with that then, can she? Yeah, they agreed. Okay, so now we cut back to Shazia and we begin to get a bit more of a picture of what she does for a full-time job. And she goes to, she drives to a man's house and this is the man that has been hit by the the pizza delivery um, van and trying to work out the best way to kind of make a claim and for him to kind of end up with with the right money. Um, And there's a few interesting conversations in there as well, isn't there, about... I found it quite interesting when he said, oh, the CCTV wasn't working and he saw it as a bad thing. And she goes, no, actually, it's quite a good thing because that would be seen as negligence by the hotel or or whatever it is. Um, is, So I thought that was quite an interesting conversation between the two of them because he was almost like giving up on it and she was like persistent, actually, that's quite good. We we can go for it. And then she pulls out what looks like, it's, it's like a big box with like a really old school monitor on it. It looks quite old tech, but it's obviously quite tech, um, which I thought was an interesting way of, of doing that piece of equipment. And what that piece of equipment does is uh, when he has a chip, which is pinned into his head, and they start talking through the memories, then replays not what he sees, what he remembers he sees. And I think that's quite important because I think she points out about perception and actually memory can be, you can sometimes remember something that doesn't happen but it's, it's kind of replaying what his memories are. And there's a few things that she does to kind of um, trick him into, jog, jog his memory. One was make him smell a beer because there was beer prominent that, that night. They're near um, a brewery. Yeah. Near a brewery, yeah. And also to play a song um, that was playing as well. And both those two things seem to, to kind of jog. Question, um, did you recognise the song? I think it's from a prior episode. It's that song. It's, it's only ever that song. Is it? You know, the, the one from 50 Million Merits, the one that just keeps on going. It's that yeah. song. I, I, it, to be honest, it did it did click, but it was been used before. I couldn't tell you what episode it was in. I was wondering if it was in one of the White Christmas episodes. Or, but... Well, I think it was in that episode as well. That, that, they were singing at the karaoke. So if you ever hear a song and they sing a song, I think it's literally always that song. <laughs> so then he begins to have his memory jog and he talks through what happens. She begins to realise that 
there's no clear picture um, but they can use to kind of claim for. And I think what's the information she's trying to get is how fast that pizza van was going. Because I think but it all hinges on that, on the insurance claim. Part of his memory, though, he sees a girl and then she uses technology to kind of track down that girl and, and where she lives. So she decides that she's going to go to her house, play that. I think I've skipped ahead a little bit there. Goes back to Mia, and I think it just shows that she's now home uh, and is left home alone while the dad and, and daughter are out. But then it goes back to the technology where she finds that, uh, Shazia finds that girl and she begins to, she goes to that girl, doesn't she, in, in some sort of office um, and does exactly the same exercise to her, gets her memory jogged. At that point, those memories reveal that there was a dentist who was standing up um, in his surgery um, from the window. So then Shazia thinks, right, there's some more memories to kind of tap into. And then Shazia goes to find the dentist um, to get his his memories. So a bit of a wild goose chase trying to find the, the one memory that she's after, which is how fast that van was going when, when it hit, hit the van. Yeah, but I love it. It's like a detective story, isn't it? It's like that first witness that the victim, well, the victim, but the victim of the accident yeah. saw the woman. She goes speak to the woman. The woman couldn't miss the vital bit, but she saw a flash in the window. So that must be somebody there. So she's, it's, it is like a proper detective story isn't it yeah don't you think it'd be a really cool job to have like i could i would love to do that, that yeah it yeah looks looks pretty amazing yeah. well let's let's find out let's keep going and see if you would oh, like yeah. that job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all jobs have risks i guess um so she goes to the dentist um and she starts plugging the dentist in and at, and at this point the dentist reveals that he was doing something embarrassing so he shows a little bit of reluctance about replaying his memories what was he doing? It was about he was he was taking a photo of someone in the hotel across the the. Well, road, there was a he? there was a naked man in a building. Yeah, in the building across the road, and he was trying to take a photo of that man, wasn't he? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's what he's a little bit embarrassed. And you know, Shazza says, "I don't really care. I've seen it all," which I'm sure she has. Um, she she does. She's not really bothered about that memory. She's bothered about the one memory that she wants, which is the speed yeah. of a van. She realizes that the dentist didn't see the van hit the person. So I think a bit deflated. And then she realises that, that, that now this is where the two characters link. Um, she realises that from the dentist, is dentist's memory that Mia was actually standing in the ho- hotel room at the window looking out directly um, at the van. But because of the distance, she's a little bit concerned that she can't get a face match on that person. However, come the next scene, Shazzy is searching for that face and it shows up, Mia's profile finds out that she lives 50 miles outside of town and she starts, she gets permission from her husband. And I think that's the important bit, isn't she? She tells her husband exactly where she's going and then she heads off 50 miles um, outside at all. She's she's incentivized by a, a bonus which will be paid to her if she can resolve this within 24 hours, um, which is why she's keen to, to kind of do it. That. Gets to Mia's house. Shazio has now turned up. First of all, Mia kind of claimed that she doesn't recall the accident. And I guess in her mind, she probably, of everything that had happened in the last 24 hours, this was probably the least important thing that had happened. And I guess it would have slipped her mind. Exactly. So I think I yeah. think she naturally kind of just forgot about it by that point. And then Mia had a memory jog. And then she made the fatal mistake of saying, oh, actually, I did see the accident. I did see the man get hit. So at this point, Shazia knows that the memories are in her head. 
she also says that in this world, it's a legal requirement for witnesses to cooperate. Otherwise, she's got to report it to the police. And that's yeah. then when Mia changes her tune and says, OK, come in. Mia, obviously, at this point, is panicking because she knows that if her memories are replayed, it's going to show her murdering Rob. And obviously, he's in a world of pain. But this is a bit that's quite... I guess we'll kind of come on to that after the Shazia's reaction. So then Mia procrastinates a little bit before the, the thing's plugged in and she actually goes into the loo and almost tries to retrain her memory, doesn't she? She tells herself exactly, that yeah. she saw something different. She didn't see yeah. Rob, um, et cetera, et cetera. She almost tries to like train her brain. But have you, have you ever told yourself not to think about something and how hard yeah. that is? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't think about that upcoming deadline that's all you think about for like the next like you i think i've got some issues with this tech anyway but we'll yeah we'll come yeah. on to that yeah okay so then mia eventually gets plugged in they use the same kind of memory joggers they play the music um she sniffs a beer and she begins to remember and at this point uh shazia does see what she wants she sees the pizza van hit the, the person so she's got her information but then it begins to show the murder and what she does. When Shazia realises um, what she's seen, she quickly tries to pack up um, and get out and, and into her car. At the time, I, they don't actually mention it, do they? But I think Shazia is almost trying to reassure Mia that she can't use that information. She can't use what she's seen, even though that's not what Mia's directly asking. So I wonder if that was true or just her trying to get away, because she was saying, if it's not related to the accident, I can't submit it. And and I would love to know if that was true. Yeah, it's similar to like, um, similar to therapy today, isn't it? It's like counsellors and therapists. They're not allowed to use the information they find out to kind of broadcast to the outside world or, or to anyone else. There's strict confidentiality. But I think there's a line when someone is endangering themselves or risk of endangering themselves or others. I think, I don't know where that line is actually. And I imagine it's similar to this. Yeah, and I think it's because Shazia starts. You can tell she's clearly disturbed, and well, of course you would. You'd see, you've just seen the witness the murder, but she clearly wants to get out of there as quickly as possible. Which then, I'm sure, doesn't make Mia think that she's telling the truth. Yeah, and actually, you're right. If Shazia kind of just slowed down and just like played it calm and ready, she probably could have got out and not raised suspicion. Which is quite interesting, but I think Shazia probably had that realization. She's like, "Oh my god!" Sudden, sudden realization. I'm in the middle of nowhere, and the only person here is this person that's committed a murder in twenty in the last twenty four hours. Mia prevents Shazia from leaving and ties her up in the garage. Mia is questioning her about um, what she knows, and she she asks Shazia whether whether um, anyone knows where she is at that, that moment and Shazia lies and says that no one knows Mia then uses the memory device back on her and she starts to replay those memories and finds out that Shazia is indeed lying so at this point Mia kills her and then gets in the car and gets a sat nav back to the Shazia's house where then Mia sneaks into Shazia and her husband's house sneaks around the house and um goes up to the bathroom where he's having a bath. Um, she then violently kills him by clubbing him over the head. So now at this point, she's gone from not being a killer at all to killing three people in the space yeah, of 24 yeah. hours, which is... Well, three and a half if we had the guy at the start on the bike in the car. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right at the start, right at the start. So three yeah, and a half. Yeah, 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 three and a half. She she's obviously doing this to kind of cover her tracks because she knows how this memory technology works. And 
we know that Shaz is using it for insurance purposes, but we have to assume at this point that the police are also able to use it for investigations. So she's covering her tracks. And she wore a mask as well, wasn't she? I think she was And she wore a mask as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she she goes across the landing. And this is the bit where the whole episode turns for me. It's when she sees that child standing in the cot. She's um, taken her mask off at this point. She's taken her mask off at this point. So she's almost revealed herself to the child. And the child is, is in a cot. So we're talking about under two years old. Obviously can't communicate uh, what, what the, the child is, can see. And then it kind of cuts away. And we don't actually know at this point what's happened. She looks visibly upset though, doesn't she? That she does look visibly. Yeah. yeah, she looks visibly upset, shocked. And I think there's a realisation where she's like, at, at first, I thought it was a guilt thing, like, oh, my God, I've just killed both your parents. I'm a mother myself. That's quite horrific, what I've just done. So at first, I thought it was a realisation thing. But it turns out no, it, wasn't think, that, it wasn't I think Maybe I've watched too much Black Mirror in one go, but I think I knew exactly yeah, what, was, what she was going to do. Yeah. So it cuts back to her heading towards a school play and actually she's on the phone to her husband and again having a very normal conversation with her husband about I'm going to be there on time it'll be okay and she turns up at the school play visibly upset shaken um, and she begins to watch her her children or child that's her child isn't it her child in in a school play it cuts back to Shazia's house or a police investigation and it and it reveals that the baby has died and Actually, here is it reveals that the baby was actually blind, so the baby wouldn't have remembered um, seeing anything anyway. So, so not only was the baby innocent, the baby was no risk. Devastating, isn't it? In, in hindsight, I mean, look right. It's devastating anyway that she's killed a baby. Right, that's that's the, that's the, that's the horrific bit. But the fact that in, that in this world she didn't need to because the baby couldn't have seen yeah. it is it's horrific. Yeah, horrific, but. The guinea pig is still alive and the guinea pig is sitting in the cage and we make a few assumptions, but the next scene is that the police turn up in a concert to arrest Mia uh, and that's where it ends. So it's quite clear at this point that the the guinea pig's memories are now used and the police have found out what's happened and Mia is now arrested. The end. Interesting episode, isn't it? It it really is. (laughs) It's... um, well, I was going to say, firstly, let's look at the tech. The re- I think they call it the recaller. And I actually love this. I think it's a great, great thing. But like you, I made a note that it's obviously really high tech. They put a little chip on the side of the head and you can see someone's memories. But like you, it looks like it's a 1980s 10-inch TV screen, isn't it? It's tiny. It reminded me of, I can't remember the word, but you know when like... Kind of it used to measure heartbeats or oscillator or something like that or something something that measured sound or vibrations on a really kind of old screen. That's obviously a conscious choice to do it like that because she could have just like had a laptop up and opened up like an application. Like they didn't need that that box there, but it's. I thought it actually probably added a little bit of interest and intrigue um, around this device. But we'll probably come back to that. The episode itself, so. What did you think about it? I think there's a lot of interesting things in here. So firstly, there's the moral dilemma that they had at the start when Rob and Mia kill the cyclist. Then you've obviously got the 15 years later and 
she's moved on clearly but he hasn't and then it's the it's that that one visit that fateful visit if he hadn't have visited her none of this would have happened what do you think then about those bits so firstly at the start like we said killed the cyclist what is your view on that in terms i think you said it it's about the guilt that's got to stay with you right that's the thing with me it's uh you can make a decision at the time but what's going to happen to you a day later a week later and a month later and i think they did it quite well and obviously if you know if someone goes missing in the mountains like that then it's probably going to take a long time to kind of work out what's happened um so it probably is a we easily get away with this like who who's possibly going to search that lake if someone's cycling in the mountains you just assume the worst wouldn't you so it, it feels like something they can almost kind of get away with but the trigger for rob and i think this would be the trigger for a lot of people is when it becomes real and you see a loved one and it, it might be you know a kid that's just lost his dad a wife that's just lost her husband the father that's just lost their son friends family as soon as you start seeing their life i think that's the trigger I'm not sure I would be able to cope with that bit. Um, and at that point, I think I'd, you'd almost kind of sacrifice it, wouldn't you, and just say, actually, I've, I'm going to have to hold my hand up to this and, and cop whatever punishment it is and just take it. And how did you feel? And it's, it's interesting, I'm throwing the questions at you. So if you'd have got in there first <laughs> with the questions, it'd been the other way around. Did you f- then find it believable in terms of her then descent? She then has got a bigger kill count than a lot of villains in films, hasn't she? Because like you said, she's then killed Rob, she's killed Shazia, she's killed Shazia's husband and kid. And I'm thinking at that point, yes, she had a great life. You know, she was in a massive house. She had a good job. I'm just thinking, would she, could she really have done all that? I don't know. I do think that there's a lot of people out there, even today, that has got a little bit of psycho in them, just waiting to be triggered. And like, sometimes when you like, you know, you hear about the terrible news that comes out of America where, you know, someone has has gone in and into a school or, or, or something and, and done something so horrific. But up until that, you know, these are not people that have just entered adulthood. Up until that day, they would have led like a fairly normal life. So I, I think a lot of people can have that trigger in them to kind of go it's a, a bit classic, psychopathic. Isn't it? Yeah. On any of these things, it's oh, the next door neighbour. Oh, they were a lovely person. Yes, exactly. You know, they never would have known this. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's because when I was looking, originally it was supposed to be a male lead in Scotland and then they changed it. And I think Charlie Brooker intentionally then changed it to a female because he said we don't often see that kind of character in that role. And I think it, it purely went down to her desperation to what she would do to keep her family and not lose that. I guess <laughs> this sounds really bad. I guess once she's killed Rob, I guess it's almost like she she hasn't got a choice but to do. She set those course of events in motion, hasn't she? I guess it's hard, isn't it? Because no one knows what they do in that situation. But if I was like to say to you or anyone, you're about to lose absolutely everything. What would you be willing to do? I think you'd be surprised at where the, where the line is. I'm not saying you know everyone's going to be a murderer, but. We, we don't know how we react in that desperate state, do we, where, you know, she's built up a life for herself. She's obviously a successful businesswoman. Within seconds, she sees that flash before her eyes and all completely look like it's going to disappear. And she just gets into a desperate state, doesn't she? I just, yeah. I guess you, you don't really know what people are capable of until it's all on the line. 
Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking once that all started? I was actually thinking, I wonder what her husband would think when it comes out. I was actually thinking that because can you imagine for him and the boy, they then find out that, yeah, she was implicated in a murder 15 years ago and has just killed, she's basically killed an entire family. Yeah, exactly. That's also devastating as well, isn't it? I mean, actually, uh, sorry, and I, do you know what I've got in my head is I, I keep finding it funny that you mentioned about them getting the guinea pig because, I, like I said, I hadn't even clocked that when I was originally watching it. About the tech, though, part of me wishes they did a bit more with it. That's why I, I've kind of, in my score, I've reflected the fact that I don't think they did enough with it. But then, I, you know, what I was thinking today, I actually think I like the fact now that they didn't do a lot with it because it just makes it look so ordinary that it's it's just there i don't know if it and maybe it's just kind of it makes you feel like it's a lot closer to reality than it is like if that makes sense if they did something so high tech you might think oh we're millions of years away from that but seeing on, on that old tech i just wonder if it just made it a little bit more real a bit more yeah. more obtainable i guess is the word but i've got real issues with it right and firstly my issue is that when when you see her investigating those other claims and the other witnesses, she was having to remind them, she was having to give them the beer to smell, she was playing the music. So one, would the baby have remembered it? But two, the guinea pig, they can't make the guinea, they can't ask the guinea pig, tell us what you saw in the last half an hour. Or, it, it, that, that is the only thing for me where I feel it, it's let down. Yeah, because that seemed a bit silly and not just the guinea pig remembering. Because, you know, you don't know what a guinea pig's vision is like. It might be quite blurry. You might only have a memory of five seconds. Might have a memory of (laughs) five seconds. But the other thing as well is, you know, the size of the pin that they put in their head. If they put that into a guinea pig, that'd go right through his brain. And That's what I I was left thinking. I was like, that thing wouldn't even fit on his brain. They'd have to get like a mini one to kind of of plug in. And Maybe they've got animal version. Well, they should have told us that and not left me wondering. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, do you know, and, and that's the thing, when I looked, I think they said they did that intentionally. They left it there because it was a, a dark humour in the, in the end of a quite a dark episode. But, do you know, I just thought, I think it soured the episode for me. Do you know what they should have done is they should have had like a baby monitor or video or, or something like that on the cot and her not twig that that was filming um, and have have that get her instead so she's actually trying to bypass the technology that's in the episode but she's caught out by like an everyday baby cam i think that would have been a better ending yeah yeah maybe the baby cam was live streaming to somebody else uh, yeah yeah and like saved in the cloud or something like that or and it, it'd been pretty good that she'd skipped all this future technology and she got the she got caught out by the everyday um technology but it's just sitting she, instead she got caught out by a guinea pig she got caught out <laughs> yeah. by a guinea pig in the end I don't know. I think for me, that's what it is. Because it's, you know, we've seen some pretty disturbing episodes, right? But I think for me, this is almost one of the worst. You know, she she's killed. Whether you could argue, Rob, did he deserve it because it was his fault and he stopped her from reporting it. But now, then she has killed three innocent people and a baby, basically one of those being a baby as well. The and... baby is just extreme, isn't it? The thought of murdering something yeah. that that young and innocent, who's not even had a chance to experience the world, just and the whole uh, well, and the whole hypocrisy that she's trying to keep her son and her yeah. family. Yeah, exactly. Do, do you see what I mean? And and so she she yeah uh, yeah. 
and going on to the tech right there's something really subtle and i don't know if you saw it which makes me also think you know that we said the bit where she was trying to retrain her thoughts for me it's almost how reliable is this technology as well because you know when they went she went to the dentist and she started doing his memories he goes old like the witness the woman that she first interviewed she goes over to the victim on the floor doesn't she yeah. And he goes, she was wearing a lime jacket. And you see a woman come on screen with a green jacket. And that shows, he said, it was actually yellow. And then the jacket changed yellow because he was remembering it correctly. Yeah. So she changed his memory. So what if I was, you know, we know there are false memories. We know people. So how, what if you were to, like the police, what if you're in doing that with someone? What if you were to influence someone to think something that they didn't actually see? But I guess or do you have to have seen it? Do you have? I guess to that kind of know. happens because you can jog someone's memory, can't you? And then you suddenly remember something in a different way. Like if someone tells you something happened, you're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that." And then all of a sudden, it's it's now there, and you you can remember it clearly. So I guess yeah. there's there's that. But like you said, how realistically you could rely on that for things like crime and insurance claims, and how accurate yeah. as it be? There's got to be like a you know a percentage accuracy assigned to the technology, yeah. isn't there? I just thought that was a really interesting, and it's literally a fraction of a second. How can you rely even on what someone's telling you that they might have misremembered and have missed something important out, or that they've been coerced into thinking it slightly different? Yeah, so it's so I guess what I'm saying is with, well, mind you, they would have seen where, because she hid the body for Rob, so they would have, in a memory, been able to interrogate that. But I guess you could argue that maybe she's had horrible thoughts and that's not what she actually did. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, think it's, it's weird that this hotel has no CCTV in it as well, how she can just, like, yeah. push a body in a trolley out to the car park and no one picks her up on it. Okay, what else about this program? Can we talk about the pizza? Can we talk about the pizza van as well? Yeah, because the, this I was, think that's the best bit of tech in there. There were oh yeah oh, and also it was an Easter egg which I didn't realise was an Easter egg, but you picked up on it. Or, I, or did you not? Or did I? Oh, maybe I misunderstood. I, when you met, when you WhatsApp me, you said the pizza van. It was actually apparently it was seen in the USS Callister episode, delivering a pizza to him when he was in his apartment. So when you messaged me the pizza van, that's what I thought you meant. Oh uh, yeah, I did mean that. That's it. There you go. <laughs> when, when, when I think about it retrospectively, that's exactly what I meant. No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, go on. Well, what about the pizza van? Well, I I think the pizza van is obviously quite cool because it starts introducing the whole concept of driverless driving um, yeah. and and delivery. And the reason why I was going to mention it is because sometimes I tell people about this and they don't realise it happens. And I don't know if me and you ever talked about it, but the concept of this robots delivering you food and drink and, and whatever actually happens. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, but in Milton Keynes, yes, where my mum lives, yeah. Yeah. they have like, you can, it's like, I guess it's like Uber, I guess the certain shops and restaurants sign up to it and you can order like a takeaway or order some stuff from co-op. And there's these little yeah. white robots that drive around Milton Keynes all by themselves. Um, they're probably like a big, big cooler box, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And they, they go around Milton Keynes, and for people who don't know Milton Keynes, Milton Keynes is, is a fairly well-designed city, whereas a lot of bikeways and a lot of cycle networks. So it makes this quite a good place to do this exercise. Um, 
but then the robot drives down the, the pathway. It kind of monitors what's around it and stops if there's a car coming and stops if there's people and then gets to the house and then you get a code on your app and then you can unlock the cooler box and then and take the food out. When I talk to a lot of people about that, they don't even realise that happens because they're not local to Milton Keynes. And I think it's phenomenal, but it's been going on going on for years. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, Google it because it is it is really cool. I think they also sort of like call out for help when they get stuck, don't they? And Yeah, it's quite funny. One time I was running a half marathon in Milton Keynes and we were running along this cycle network and we were going alongside the robot. So, so we were always, I had to overtake it to kind of like follow up. And it was just quite funny running past this cooler box on wheels going alongside me. I just think it's brilliant that in this bleak episode, you and I are both so obsessed with the pizza delivery van. Well, we're both pizza fans, uh, not fans. Pizza fans. Fans, not vans. And we're yeah. both pizza fans. So this would be, this would be brilliant. Yeah. And, this would, and it would work. Oh, I just wanted to link back to what I was saying about the decisions she made when I was having a look at this, I found an article, right? And it's, it's something in ethical philosophy that's called utilitarianism, right? And I'm not going to go into it, but if, if you, if people know about it, I'm literally only going to give the headline, but it belongs to a family of normative ethical theories that prescribe actions that maximize happiness and well-being for the affected individuals. In other words, utilitarian ideas encourage actions that ensure the greatest good for the greatest number and in this article what they were saying is initially when they kill that cyclist not reporting it you could see a utilitarian could see that as the right decision because okay that person has lost his life and we've got to assume he's possibly got a wife family who are going to be devastated but you've got two people there who are got potential potential prospects nobody would know about it so for them at that time that might have been the right action but then the minute she then kills rob you've got another family who's been affected another person dead another family affected plus now her family is implicated and then the minute she kills shazia do you, do you see what i mean so they're saying there's that argument about was that the right decision and i think that's why i was trying to get at at the start when when i was asking about the 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 effect of what she was doing yeah interesting way of looking at it isn't it the thing is that dilemma at the beginning if they were just like if, if they were it, obviously you can't because you're in the heat at the moment but if they were able to take a step back and think to themselves if we report this what's actually the worst that's going to happen it's an you know it's a freak accident you know they can't it's a drink in it it's, it's drinking it's, yeah but by the time anyone got there you could you know they're in the middle of nowhere yeah. Um, yeah. They didn't have to report it straight away. They could have sat on it for twelve hours and then reported it. Like it's, um, you can't think logically about things like that. But there was a way of getting out that scenario, doing the right thing, and everyone being okay. And just again, because you've got brought back to that point, I did love that scenery. That scenery was lovely. <laughs> so you wouldn't be cycling. I said about driving. I wouldn't be cycling in that in those. Conditions. Yeah, yeah, that felt that felt odd. That felt odd. But also, it's the fact that yeah, there was no one else. That was the other coincidental thing that there was no no one else that was coming in it must have taken a good couple of hours for them to formulate that plan and, yeah. and dispose of the body okay so yeah so really in terms of we've discussed the real main dilemma and it's horrible what she's done we've discussed the tech i guess before i go into easter eggs is there anything else you want to say about the episode itself no 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 i think we've spoken quite a bit about it 
Well, the only thing, and do you know what? I've deleted my notes now, but there's not, uh, there was a debate about why it's called Crocodile. Some people are saying it's because she cried crocodile tears after each murder, but it's not. It's something about the initial screenplay Charlie Brooker had for it was about a woman who, as a youngster, saw a parent killed and she grew up to be a fearful person. And it was like if you were on a something like a virtual reality trip going down a river cruise in a rainforest or on a river, that person might be worried that they were going to be attacked by a crocodile where, when everyone else was going to have a good time. So that's where that came from, because um, I wondered why it was called that. Easter eggs. I've got one, two, three, four, five. I got three of them. I didn't get the other two. So the one we've already mentioned, so the pizza truck was in USS Callister. The one that is fairly obvious, well, when you know it, but you know the, the Sun was the school play. They were doing Bugsy Malone, weren't they? The episode previous was directed by Jodie Foster, who starred in Bugsy Malone. The film. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I've never got that. So the three I got was, we, we, oh, we've also mentioned this one, the 15 million credits song is sung pretty much throughout it because it was linked to the accident. When she is in the hotel, there's two, and they all link to that same episode, 15 million credits. When she's searching through the TV, before she buys the porn, she sit, she scrolls by Wraith Babes, which is one of the channels in that 15 million moments. And then also, I can't remember it. Oh, it's a bit where I think Shazia is going to speak to the, the guy on reception at the hotel, but he says the judge of Hotshot got caught with a rent boy. And Hotshot was the talent show in 15 million uh, credits. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Those are the ones I've got. So I guess now the important bit is the score. So what are you giving Crocodile? Do you know what? And I think you're going to say something very similar. If it wasn't for that guinea pig, I think this could have scored quite highly. So I think it had potential to be in the eights, but I'm going to put it down as a 7.2. For, for the guinea pig if they'd gone with my ending which I discussed this episode and done it from through a webcam or baby cam I'd put it at 8.5 but because of a guinea pig I'm going to go 7.2 I've given it 7 yeah I've given it 7 I but that's not to say it's not a bad score right and it's not a bad episode I just yeah I just think the ending the very ending i i see what he was going for like that dark humorous twist but for me it didn't work and i think i would have liked a little bit more around the tech i think a little bit more detective work and maybe showing some some things around how people remembered things differently yeah yeah agreed, I think yeah. around that the, the other thing i felt about this episode a little bit is i did think to myself i wonder if i'd enjoyed this a lot more if it was earlier on and because we've obviously watched Black Mirror a lot in quite a short amount of time. I wondered if this one just felt like a bit same to some of the others. Um, and I did wonder if, it, if this was like middle of the first series, whether I would have thought more highly of it. Maybe. I mean, by the own admission, it's based on the tech in an entire history of you. And that seems to be repeating, doesn't it? It always, it always yeah. seems to be about memories. Um, whereas in that one, you you were the one in control of showing your memories but in this one you're at the mercy of the the person yeah seeing it anytime possibly possibly i yeah like i said i really liked it and i thought the actress who played mia played it brilliantly really quite understated wasn't it calm person it was quite a chilling performance wasn't it 
Yeah, and when you think back sense. to it, she probably didn't actually have that many lines because mm. it was all a lot of it was done in silence, wasn't it? Um, I yeah. don't remember talking actually talking that much apart from Shazia at the end. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, just... I, I love the twist up to that point. I mean, you know, the whole thing with her, her doing to protect herself and her family, what she ultimately did. Yeah, and I mean, we've said it all. So yeah, like I said, seven isn't a bad score. And it's a good episode, and I'll recommend watching it if you haven't. But yeah, I I just think it's um, yeah, that there's been there's been better beforehand. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. anything else? No, nope, nothing for me. Okay. Before we go, I just want to shout out the guys over at Seismic Cinema because I know they uh they do watch this and and they do uh do let us know sort of their thoughts on the episode. So hi to it to you guys next episode is series four episode four hang the dj which again i, I saw on netflix today i know i've seen it but again I'm, I'm struggling to remember the next three episodes like i said ironically i i remember series five but not the next three episodes we're yeah. gonna do so interesting do you remember that one this one um i think like you i remember once i watch it um i when i looked at the title and the, the thumbnail on netflix it, it didn't jog my memory like if you were to plug a chip into me and recall that memory, even with a sniff of beer and uh, playing that song, I'm not sure I'd, I'd remember. But I'll tell you what, though. No, if, if ever that song is played to us, all we're going to remember is everything about Black Mirror. <laughs> that's, drilled, that's drilled into my head now, that song. So, yeah. so anyway, catch next week's episode where we're going to discuss Hang the DJ. If I want your opinion I will give it to you. Come on, take what we've got, cause you need it. Don't make us.